welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat. The truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. A bell pepper is a very mild truth. A poblano is a truth that can irritate others. A jalapeno is spicy. A Thai chili has me judging you very hard. The Reaper is a truth that you should take to your deathbed. Listen, laugh, and learn what happens. When the only option you have left is to pick truth. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my co-host. Lamont Hearn Jr. And we're here to bring the heat. It's been another week, and uh, instead of our regular banter, we're actually going to start off with a uh, does anybody else. So listen to this, like, so you normally we start off with our little banter. And so today we don't have any banter, but there are two documentaries. I need everyone to go stop what they're doing and go watch them if you haven't seen them, but do what you need to do. The first one is BS High. It's on HBO Max. Lamont has seen this one. What are your opinions about uh, BS High? So, um, my thoughts on it is that the coach found a loophole and he's going to continue using it, but that guy seems like he needs help. Like the more interesting part to me is that he was somehow able to get this escalated all the way to being on ESPN without anybody catching any of the red flags or things that seem obvious in looking at it in the show. I don't know if you wanted to give a little backstory on what happened so people kind of know what we're talking about. So uh, BS High, is a, it's a documentary. Um, so uh, for those living here in the States or, or those not living here in the States, BS is also often used to uh, abbreviate bullshit. So it's kind of a clever pun on words, but it's called BS High because the name of the school, I want to say was Bishop Sycamore High School. And so Bishop Sycamore High School was essentially a high school that was not legitimately a high school. They had a football team, no classes. And they had players that were, of course, underage, like in the high school age range, as well as those that had JUCO experience, which is junior college experience. Uh, so even people that had JUCO experience in football, which, you know, you shouldn't have a 22-year-old squared up with a 14 year old maybe unless you know but uh, so ultimately this guy johnson what was his name was it roy johnson rob johnson uh last name john i'm not gonna lie i'm drawing a blank on his name yeah i know his last name is uh of johnson of some sort so this guy um basically i don't even know how, how else to describe it he created this fake team he did everything he could to like like finesse the players finesse people around him he um like one scene talks about how he would go and order 50 rotisserie chicken rotisserie chickens at a restaurant or grocery store but never like for lunch but never go pick them up and then at the day he would go buy them for like i guess like you know half price or something um because he knew they had to sell them off before Mm -hmm. they could actually you know, before the end of the day. So like that was one of his cost saving mechanisms. He was billing um, 
like hotels, they had like net 30 payments and things of that nature, which essentially means like you can pay like 30 days from now, 60, 90. And so he just treated it like it was free money. His name was Roy Johnson. I had to go find it. His name was Roy Johnson. It's sinister. I think that's the terminology that I would use. And he is a reaper. Like if you did this level of behavior, you don't tell nobody. But this fool was happy to be on a documentary. And oh, the other, the worst part that I'm leaving out is that he really, he really leached on children that are in socioeconomic down spirals or lower socioeconomic experiences without fathers, without help, and making them believe that this was going to be their chance to get to a D1 university. Um, some of them have given up football altogether like they he had these children stealing from walmart beating people up like it was i mean at some point he took a car and intentionally ran over geese like the man is like insane and it sounds so unplausible like unrealistic but um so i highly recommend bs hives on max i'm sure somebody has bootlegged it it on youtube by now like go check it out it's 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 worth every second and and then come back and tell me what you think and if you've already seen it yo messages at me on any of the social media channels like at pictures uh <laughs> wherever you list wherever so insta at us or dm us and tell me your opinion because or go to our uh, facebook group and talk about bsi there because yo craziness yeah it, it was bananas now what was the second one the second one is is now that one is available to everybody on YouTube. Um, there is a very famous gospel singer, gospel famous for for my peoples, uh, named Kirk Franklin. Pretty famous on on our standards for black people in in that know gospel music. So very famous, very heavily awarded Grammy a Grammy artist. Ah, oh, he uh, did like a thirty minute documentary called Father's Day. I think it's called Father's Day. And essentially, when this first started, it was he was doing like the behind the scenes of like his 10th, 12th, 17th, I don't know, album. Uh, And so, you know, he's videotaping people. Well, he is uh, adopted and he talked about, you know, that situation and he's adopted and he knows who his mother is. And they've had he got adopted at four by like great aunt so and so. Right. It is a very heart tugging i cried most of the whole entire documentary it's really worth the watch it especially when you think about father son dynamic as well as generational trauma and curses because you know kurt franklin has a strained relationship with his own biological son and the relationship that he didn't have with his biological father because all the things i don't want to reveal it go check it out but what i wanted to spin on or or kind of pull the thread on because saying it is oh it was the mama that's what it was so his mom biological mother deborah because ain't nobody calling her mama at this point deborah was a complete and total asshole like she refused to believe the dna test multiple dna tests she just couldn't be there for him and 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 like there was no rationale like this I'm going to tell it all the way. I'm going to say, go watch that documentary. It really gives you a line of sight into some of the, again, these 
these repeated processes. Oh, I know I was going to say. So when he was adopted, I apologize. I get on tangents, get over it. So, uh, so he's adopted by like great aunt so-and-so. He know his mama is, right? Here's one of those things that I see in, in my own family, but in my, in the black community here where we don't talk about why is she raising their child? They're staying with grandmama and them or they're staying with aunt Flo or whomever it is. But like, I don't think we ever like to, to, I never talk about, well, how come you're not with your mom or you're not with your whatever. And the stigma that may be attached to you see your mom and them at events or family functions, but you go home with grandmama and, or, and they're keeping their other kids. That happens so much. It is a huge thing. And we don't think about what impact that has on the child when you see your parent, but you don't live with your parent that they don't have like, cause it goes to that. Do you love me? Do you care about me? But it's so prevalent. It is so prevalent. I don't question it. I don't ask anything. But I thought I'd bring it here and just like, again, go watch the documentary. Very good. It's only like 30, 35 minutes. It is worth the whole watch. Take some tissue. And if you don't like crying, you don't don't watch it. Because I don't know who you are. When that man pours his little heart out, like it is just heartbreaking. But. I just want to know what is your opinion or do you have any opinions or thoughts around like people in the black community? Cause I can't speak for any other community. I only know my own, like not addressing parents shuffling their children off to other family members and never addressing how that may impact the child. And yeah, cause I don't know anybody who's ever addressed. Why you ain't staying with your mom? Yeah. You staying with your grandma? But any thoughts around that? Well, so I think some of it has to do with um, how we as a community, especially over the, especially when we were younger, because that's that's kind of the more present time that I know how to focus on. Um, a lot of kids from you know from I can remember being in school when they would say their mom, they meant their grandmother. They didn't mean their mom. So it was their mother and them calling their grandmother mom. And for a lot of those kids, rather than addressing those emotions, they would just hold them in. And I think part of the reason why in our community we tend to do that is there's a lot of shame when it comes to a lot of those type of things. And instead of responding to that by dealing with it and working through it, we tend to just hide it. It's just like the... Uh, situations with uh, a lack of a father being around or what actually does happen to a kid when they are still raised by the mother who stays, we tend to always look at those things with certain lenses and never understand that there is a lot of nuance there. We we want to make sure that the person who stays, whether it's the mother or the father, they are looked at as the gilded person, the person who should be appreciated and applauded, regardless of whatever impact that they have on their children that is negative. And the person who leaves, we always go, that person is the reason for whatever issue comes. And a lot of us had uh, big mamas, G mamas, grandmothers, um, sometimes great aunts who would take on the responsibility of raising someone else's children because they were taught even as kids we look after family 
And, you know, we didn't, we didn't really tell each other that sometimes looking after family is making them deal with their choices and their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And we go, we, we'll take it on. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things that we've had to deal with as a collective. I think there is actually historical context for the reason why one black African-Americans are least likely to put their children up for adoption. They're le- like, we will suffer and in, in, in drugs and alcohol than to put our children up for adoption. A part of that is the trauma that's inside of us that we were often separated from our children and our families without consent. And so we, Black people, innately had to create families wherever they went because you didn't know where you may end up. And so, like, there are actual studies, and if we need me to go pull a couple, I will, but there are actual studies that talk about the African-American dynamic. So like we will use me and Lamont as an example. Our children are not biologically related by any stretch. No, ain't no distance, ain't no biology, right? But they are cousins and they will show up like cousins as if they are first cousins with the same blood, got the same grandmama and granddaddy. At some point I actually heard my child call the grandparents by their grandparents, the Lamont's children by their grandparents, you know, calling their grandparents. Hey, so-and-so uh, granny. I actually heard them saying that. And, and one day they'll ask, well, how are we related? And they won't matter. Because we're so ingrained in adopting family. And like, so that's something to think about. Like if you are around a lot of African-American students um, and you hearing students talk about that's my cousin, even though there's no biology there, let's be clear. They grew up like cousins. They probably shared everything like cousins. They probably have more memories with each other than biological cousins that may be, you know, a town away. African-Americans treat that family thing a little bit differently. And it really is a historical context, but y'all didn't come here for that. I want to say if you watch the BS high MF and Reaper all the way, that man got problems. And I'm afraid if you watch the documentary on Kirk Franklin, you should be able to find it on YouTube. I'll try to make sure we put it in the show notes because Hey, get a link. Cause it, it, it was a really, really good documentary that one like everyone gets something different the daddy gets a a a bell pepper uh but the mama she gets a tie chili like i just want to cuss her and shake her so like i go check Mm. it out send me your comments on facebook instagram tiktok facebook whatever just email us whatever you need to do go ahead and send it to us and uh we'll check it out uh but let's jump into our very first confession All all right confession here am i the asshole for telling my husband and his ex-wife that they need to hire a tutor as i won't help educate my stepson i a 38 year old female have been married to my husband a 39 year old male for four years and we've been together for seven all in he has a 10 year old son from a previous marriage and i love him a lot My husband splits custody with his wife 50-50 with them alternating weekends. They have been in talks about my stepson's education for a while as he doesn't thrive in a traditional schooling environment and they want to homeschool him. 
if done right, I don't see an issue with this, even though I do have concerns about his social needs. I expressed those thoughts, but beyond that, I didn't offer much input. He's their son, and this is his education, and it is up to them. I had an issue, however, when they seemed to think I could oversee his education when he's staying with his father and me. They even commented how I'm always home, so it's perfect. I work remotely as a data analyst. So yes, I'm around, but I'm working and not free to play teacher. Helping him with homework outside of work is fine, but actually teaching, that's not my job. I told them as much and said if they wanted to do this, either his mom would have to come around during my work hours or they'd have to hire a tutor as I wouldn't be splitting my focus between teaching him and my job. I even told them I'd be happy to put money towards the tutor. They feel I'm being unreasonable. And his ex-wife even questioned if I see their son as my family, if I've got so little interest in his schooling and what's best for him. This led to harsh words said on both sides. My husband actually took her side in this and told me he's disappointed in me that it's not like his son is a little kid who will be underfoot or under toe when I'm underfoot constantly. Indeed, the point of remote working is that I can have a little balance to help out around the home. I suggested that if he felt that way, maybe he should see about working remotely. I feel pretty shitty about this. I love my stepson and I want a good future for him and his education and see that he thrives, but I don't see why it's uh, it's down to me to educate him when I work full time even if the work is from home. My husband is currently upset with me and the fact that they're both in agreement on this is making me question if I'm the person in the wrong. I'd like to be clear. They could, in theory, homeschool him properly. This isn't something they wanted to do with no expense. His ex-wife is a former teacher but had to leave her job due to health. Your thoughts? Okay, so a little bit different process. She asked, am I the asshole? No. I'll start there. No, no, I don't think so for a, for a couple of different reasons. So there's this thing that I've noticed since COVID with the work from home thought process for people. For those who do not like the notion of people working from home, they prefer people in the office. They tend to only think of and only create negative references to working at home, working from home rather. Um, It is not a vacation. It is not free time. The biggest thing that I've noticed as a person who does have the ability to work from home is that my breaks are no longer me sitting in a lunchroom with with headphones on or sometimes talking with people very rarely that I wouldn't speak to any other time. Um, that's the biggest change is now I'm able to do certain things at home on my breaks rather than having to be at an office location or having to run from the office somewhere real quick to go grab something, you know, but as far as her feeling bad, I feel like they are, um, they're making her feel bad rather than it being anything that she did wrong. Um, she's willing to put in money towards him getting a tutor. Um, the mother the biological mother is a former teacher. 
And the fact that they did not even consult her on her position on whether or not she wanted to do it is why I don't feel like she's wrong. You can't just dictate to someone that they're going to do it. It's like if, let's just say, for example, you were a chef and your husband wanted to do a dinner and he's just like, oh, yeah, she's a chef. She'll cook it. And he just tells everyone you're cooking without consulting you, without communicating with you at all to see if you even want to do it. Just because you have the skill set does not mean that you are required to fulfill that need for them. That's my stance on it. Um, as far as her confession, our ratings, to me, it's a bell pepper. But I, it's a tie chili for the husband and the actual uh, mother uh, for them to even be going there and even feel like they have the right at all to tell her that she's not showing interest. Like if I'm actively saying I'll help with homework, I'll help pay for the tutor. I'll do all the things I can to be a part of this family to help. But that does not mean that you all get to dictate that without consulting me at all. That's not okay. Point blank period. I, this one, this one's done. Cause Absolutely. I want to say this public service announcement for all work at home employees. This is for you. Everybody who doesn't work from home, we still working. We still have work deliverables that we have to make. I was a parent working full time with a COVID kindergartner. Yes, different because it's not the same age, but teaching is a skill that we recognize that I don't have at the elementary level or middle school level or dumb high schoolers. I'm probably post-secondary education kind of girl over here. But I, I think it's rude to assume that she has the capacity to do so. And you don't know her situation. You don't know if they have one of the little, your mouse got to be moving every 30 seconds. Cause some people actually have that kind of level of monitoring on their work at home situation. But I, think they're being unreasonable and i have to agree it's a mouth on her like you didn't do anything wrong and the fact that you offered to i think whatever young the woman said that triggered you in harsh words were explained maybe that's where there is some fault on your space but in the future that's not true sometimes folks you don't have to respond you don't have to prove that you're right it is that's inaccurate let them say whatever that's not true I'm not going to have to, def I'm not defending myself. And I know it's all, all situational, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, bell pepper, definitely for her. And a Todd chili for the mama and daddy. Th that's your kid. That, and, and like, you know, she was respectful. Like, hey, you can come here to our house and do what you need to do. If that's what you want to do. Cool. Uh, and then like, hey, let's get a tutor. And then it's, hey, you work from home then, and you can recognize that I still have a full-time job. You want me to go teach a kid who's already having educational issues. Why would you even want me in that position? Why would you want to set your child back and put me as your te as a teacher? Like, I thought you cared. That's how you turned it. I thought right. you cared about your son. <laughs> All right, what do you got for us, Lamont? All right, my first confession is titled, I peed in a dresser drawer on a carnival cruise ship. This was back in 2009. I had to have been sleepwalking or something because to this day, I truly cannot explain to you why I did this. I just did it. I felt fully awake and I knew exactly what I was doing. I had to pee, so I was going to go. That was my mindset. I wasn't drunk. I was 13 years old. 
I did this at like 3 a.m. in the morning. My cousin was sleeping in the other bed and thankfully was not woken up by the sound of piss hitting the wood for a solid 15 seconds. LOL. It was the bottom drawer. I just kneeled down and aimed my pecker in the drawer. Then after I was done, I came to my senses and I tried to soak up all the piss with an entire roll of toilet paper that I unraveled frantically. I soaked it all up, but the drawer still kind of smelled like piss afterwards. It wasn't truly clean. I'm so glad nobody saw me do that. My family will roast me forever. LOL. Honest to God, I can't explain why I did that. I have no idea why I didn't just take five more steps and use the toilet. It would have been really fucking awkward getting caught in the act or trying to explain what I was cleaning up. I, I can't hear you. That was an interesting confession. Like... I appreciate that he explained that he doesn't know why he did it. Cause that would have been like my, why you do that? Like what was wrong with, why'd you do that? But right. I'm going to go with Poblano. Cause this could irritate somebody halfway only because you literally are like, if you were sleeping, you really didn't know why you did it. Am I not giving you a side eye and a jalapeno? Uh, but I'm giving you, your truth could irritate others a Poblano because yo son, that's nasty. Other people are gonna put their clothes in there. Now I was I was on a carnival cruise before, like multiple, and like don't let I don't want to think about that. Like I already want to have to white lyso down everything. I don't want to think some. Why'd you pee in a drawer? Like, but he said he like this is one of those times. Like he said he don't know. He don't know why he did it. I don't I don't know why. At least you try to clean it up. Hey, I, I, I appreciate that. At first, I thought, I kid you not, I thought you were going to say he was drunk. And then he said he was 13. I was like, you shouldn't be that drunk where you're peeing in drawers on a carnival cruise. That does not seem like the right move. But that's my my rating. What do you hmm. think? Um, yeah, no, I actually kind of agree. Uh, to me, it's a poblano. Um, I I do wonder. He said I may, he said he believes he may have been sleepwalking or something. I'm just wondering what day this was on their cruise like was this day was this night one you know because at some point you know i would i would assume that that smell may you know start to permeate a little bit you know you might end up starting getting a little you know a little bit more older and you know i would just wonder because like you said if the drawer was he didn't mention anybody's clothes being in that drawer so i don't know if everyone was just continuing to live out of their suitcases yeah, the drawers, or not and i've never been on a cruise the drawers aren't that big but yeah, it, it does get humid in a mug in the mug in those cabins. Like it can get humid depending on how big your cabin is. I don't know. Mm. Mm. It. Mm. I, I hate to think about all the things that have been done in, in, in a carnival cruise cabin. So I, I'll leave that one to myself. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go over to my next confession or my last my last confession. Odd enough, this has to do with urine as well. I peed myself while getting a tattoo. I was 23. I, a 23-year-old, was at my tattoo appointment, and it was a fairly large, intricate tattoo on my thigh. It took about eight hours. So like any other hydrated human being, I eventually had to pee. I told my tattoo artist, and she said, okay, but don't let anything touch your tattoo. I can see the problem here. <laughs> so I quickly walked into the bathroom trying to obey her orders. I decided to instead, I decided to, instead of carefully pulling my shorts down over my tattoo, just kind of move them to the side of my crotch. 
Of course, I didn't move far enough and ended up peeing all down my leg and into my shorts. Luckily, I was planning uh, on staying the night at a friend's house that night and had an overnight bag. I had to call the tattoo shop from in- I had to call the tattoo shop from inside the bathroom to get my tattoo artist to bring me my backpack to change into my pajama shorts. I just told her that they were more comfortable to lay in. Life really would be easier with a dick. <laughs> Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, nah, that's hilarious. Because as you were telling the story, you said thigh tattoo. I will admit I immediately thought woman. Um, or um, and then once you started talking about um, the way that they stated that they peed, I was like, if a guy's having this issue, bro, we got to have some conversations about how you, you know, how you go. How are you doing this? But as far as our ratings, it's it's a bell pepper. It's very much a mild truth. The only part that I was even remotely irritated by, and I guess it's just because in the moment I'd be like, I don't know. As a man, I don't know. But I could see how it could happen, you know, based on, you know, the makeup of, you know, things. But I was like, you know, I thought it was more funny that they were calling from inside the bathroom into the actual same establishment. And instead of just being like, yeah, listen, this happened. Cause I'm sure the tattoo artist has seen that happen before. I know. I, I think that's hilarious too. Cause I could just envision the whole thing. I'm in a bathroom trying to get it past. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to move it. to. I have tried to move the crotch to the side of a, of a pant or panty and end up pissing all the way down my leg. Um, sober or not, like it's happened before. <laughs> like at hover did not work out the way that I anticipated <laughs> So, like, I, I totally get her. Mm. But I think that is funny. Like, uh, excuse me, tattoo shop? Could you please get Becky? Becky has a client. No, 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 no. I am Becky's client. Can you <laughs> put Becky on? Hey, Becky, listen. You see that bag? Can you bring me my bag? You know, that I, that is kind of funny. But she she saved face. Like, you know, hopefully she has some wet wipes to wipe that pee up. That's Because that, that, that's that's a smell too. Like we got a lot of urine smells on this episode, but uh, that's a smell too. <laughs> hope, she, hope she wipes that up. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to have to agree with that. It's just a bell pepper. All right. What is your final truth for this episode? My final truth is titled marinated a batch of beef jerky in laxatives and Viagra and fed it to my mate. So one of my best friends is a real bastard and we're always playing pranks on each other. There are three of us in this story, but the victim here is named Scott. We are all very good mates, but this is the strange kind of friendship we have with one another. We were going through a stage where we were making our own beef jerky and sharing it with each other over a few beers. After a few previous pranks, we thought, fuck this cunt. We really need to get Scott with a good prank. So I and my mate put our heads together on how we were going to stitch him up a beauty. Our original plan was to put laxatives in his beef jerky so that he would shit himself, hopefully at work. After hours of research and reading various Google reviews on laxatives, we decided to get a top shelf rated liquid laxative, perfect for the job. We emptied the whole bottle and we also crushed up two times 100 milligrams of genetic Viagra type pills into a powder and got to work. Could have put more in, but didn't want to kill him via heart attack, just make him shit himself with a heart on. Obviously, we had to mask the taste with a few herbs and spices. 
marinated this mix overnight in the fridge and stuck it in the dehydrator to dry out the meat. We used topside beef, by the way, the good stuff. The end product was enough to fill up one of those plastic Ziploc sandwich bags. Now we gave Scott the bag and like the greedy pig he is, he smashed the whole bag. And at the time was sending messages about how good it tasted and even got his girlfriend into it. Commenting over Facebook posts and statuses about how good it is. Me and my mate were in fucking tears for hours sharing screenshots with each other. It was fucking hilarious. Once he told us he finished the whole bag, we started sending him photos of the ingredients that we put into the batch of the jerky. He went very quiet over the next 24 hours, not talking to us. Scott denies anything happened, but his but he is one of those people who likes to tell a lie or two. I mean, would you have a gut made of titanium to withstand this dose? I wouldn't be surprised if he spent all day on the toilet with a heart on. All right, guys. Y'all know how this rule applies in real life for me. You don't mess with people's consumables. Anything you put in someone, your food, your drink, your medicine. And if and if you smoke weed, you weed. You don't. You don't mess with anything people put in their bodies. That is a reaper. We can't be cool. And I think I've been around so many people with different dietary needs or wants or like they seem like they're atypical, but they're not because there's so many people with different dietary things. It's just whatever. I don't play with people's food. It's a reaper for me. Don't tell me that. Don't come. to No, I won't ever eat anything else you ever have. I and what if he had underlining heart problems for real and that Viagra actually gave him a heart attack? What's it, what's it called? Priorism? Priorism? What if he had gotten an erection and it couldn't go down? And th- listen, I don't play with people's food. People shouldn't play with my food. I am judging you and you should take this to your deathbed because I don't care what the joke is. You don't play with people's food. Find another way to laugh. Find another ha ha. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's just me. And I don't know other jokes Scott has gotten you with you all. But like, what if he was dehydrated and had an underlying heart condition? He done shot himself to death or had a heart attack, shitting himself to death. Like, he's dehydrated. Like, that's a whole lot of things that could have gone wrong. And real talk, if you told me that was the prank, I wouldn't give you the satisfaction of knowing how messed up I was either. I was cool. I was, I was cool. Or it would be, I press charges. <laughs> I press charges. Okay. But, okay. So that is, that's my, my rating. It's high because I don't play with the food thing. What about you? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't play those type of games either. I don't fool with anything that people ingest. And like you said, um, it is priapism. I don't know. That's terrifying to me. I'm not even going to pretend. Like, the whole notion of that even happening is weird on a weird tangent real quick. And it's going to sound weird. But when I was in high school, I had a puppy, I got a puppy and um, he ended up having that happen. He was solid and I was panicked the hell out because I didn't know what to do. He was just running around the house with this solid brick going on. And I was asking one of my friends, I was like, yo, what do I do? I was like, do I take him outside? Maybe because it's cool outside. Maybe he'll relax something. And he made a joke and he was like, you got to help him. And I was like, the fuck I will. I'm not touching shit. Like, brothers going to have to have a solid one. There's no way I'm assisting him. What was your dog's name? 
uh, base. Base's helper. Like, <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, hey, I just couldn't do you, it. I'm gonna be honest. The way that our friend group is set up, you could never tell us that you jacked off a dog and didn't participate like a normal human being. I, listen, there might be people out in there anything. that have, have had to do that for reasons. I, I get it. There may, I don't know any. I'm just putting it out there in the ether. It could be true that somebody has done this. But what I am telling you, if if Lamont comes to our friend group and our next time we're together, like, oh, yeah, I got to tell you about this time, I had to manually stimulate a dog's penis after it was engorged for quite some time. See how political, it's all nice words. The jokes that would fly, like stay yeah. away from my dog Otis. What are you trying to do? <laughs> we don't play those kinds of games here. The jokes would be forever. So yeah, yeah. basis helper. That is going to be my no colloquialism from jacking somebody else off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, needless to say, again, this did not happen. I was like, brush is going to have to just wait till that shit falls. The fu- I ain't got nothing to do with that. Can't help. But as far as the people, uh, the friends doing this, it's a reaper for me too. I can't, I'm not playing around with somebody's food like that. Like you said, there's just too many variables there that you can, that you're not able to control. That is just too risky. Like if you're sitting at your friend's funeral now and he's sitting there like the dad at, uh, I think, Death at a Funeral, I think. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. It was a movie with uh, Martin Lawrence and Chris Rock. They were brothers. And their dad like had some issues going on where he was solid. That would just, I'd feel terrible. Like He's sitting here, and he done died because he was dehydrated. And he's got this, yeah, man, there's no base helper there. Like I'm, I can't do it. I'm out. That's a reaper. <laughs> yeah, it. it's it's sorry, folks. I I I know it's a little crude, but y'all be all right. It's it's a no for me. Don't play with my food. I don't play with your food. I will never play with your food. I don't trick people. I don't like. Oh, this is this is ground beef, but it's ground turkey. No, this is ground turkey. Eat it if you want or don't. Like I know those are little things, but people have like textures and and it's okay for them to have different tastes in food. So like anyway, anyway. That was this week's episode of the show. If you like today's show, help us out. The best way to help us out really is just to listen to the show, like it, subscribe, and send it to your friends. Um, That really just gets us out there. We are pretty much on every social media platform. And by the time we have this episode posted, come check out our new website, www.picktruthpodcast.com. And on the website, you can actually submit your anonymous, if you want to, uh, your anonymous confessions. So uh, you don't have to worry about email. You can give us your email if you want to. We can send you a little pretty gift if your confession is read on the air. Uh, But you're free to uh, go to www.picktruthpodcast.com. Go to listener submission and you can uh, submit your own story or let us know if you want to be on the show for one of our On The Ones episodes. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. All right. Catch you next time. Later. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat. 